You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and flip to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 real quick. And I just want to open up with this, and we're going to bat it around for a few minutes. And so uh, I think Curtis and Valentine are going to have a, a mic. Yeah, I'll go on here in just a second. So... Um, first Corinthians one, I think this is a really interesting passage because y'all know, like the Corinthian church in the Bible, right? That they were not what you would call your model church. So they were the church that had a, uh, a guy sleep, uh, sleeping with a stepmom, right? So you've got that whole thing going down. You've got all of this, uh, you know, are we going to follow Paul? Are we going to follow Apollo? So you've got this celebrity thing going on in the church. You've got all of this division over spiritual giftings. And so things that should have been like gifted to the church for the unity and the good of the church were causing all sorts of division. People were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. I mean, you've got all sorts of things going down in the Corinthian church. But I want you to see how Paul opens up a letter to this really dysfunctional church. He says this in 1 Corinthians 1, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sophonites, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to what he says next here. Verse 4. I give thanks to my God. This is dysfunctional Corinthian church. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. So that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into, into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that interesting that Paul, in the midst of a very dysfunctional church, can look at it and say, I give God a lot of thanks because of the grace that is evident among you. So I think that should actually give us a lot of hope. Because we're not too far from the Corinthian church. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> we, we are not far from them. And yet, even in the midst of all of our dysfunction and all of our growings up as a church, there is the grace of God that is evident among us. And so I just want to take a, a moment to allow um, y'all, as you're looking back over the last year of, of our church's life, what you know about you and the people that, that you're running with at Stonegate, how you have seen evidences of God's grace, like things you would point to over the last year of our church's life that you would say, man, this would, this would help me to stop and, and, and see this in light of this being a grace from God. God is like on the move in our church. I've seen it like this, how you would talk about that over the last year. So we're going to give you a second on that. Curtis has got a mic. Valentine has got a mic. We'd love to record those. And so for people that are listening later on, they can hear it. And so if you've got one you'd like to share, we'd love to hear it. So over the last year, how you have seen um, an evidence of God's grace, things that you have seen over the last year that you would say that is evidence that God has been on the move among us. Dallas right there in the middle. Well, Margaret and I are uh, probably two of the most blessed people in here. Uh, a year ago, I started listening to some podcast thing down in Midlothian, Florida. I've been Texas and uh, I'm from Florida, Florida. for a while. And uh, I started listening to these podcasts and uh, 
First time we listened to one, we broke down and cried. <laughs> it was so powerful. And uh, we said, what is this? God's been speaking to me for the last five or six years about some markers for a church. What a church it really looks like. And uh, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd given up. I really had. I'd given up. And I did things that had occurred. And, and then when I started listening, and then we started attending, and, and we got to know the Womble group here, wonderful group of guys, I'm telling you, they're precious. We, God has just answered so much. And I want to say thank you, folks, for having, allowing us to come and be a part of you. We mm. feel privileged every time we come. Yeah. Yeah. And Dallas, it has been an evidence of grace for us to see the movement of God in you guys and Ray and Anita and else family. It's been really great to see that. Mr. Joe Lee in the back here. Uh, my wife and I have been going here for about a year and a half, and, and uh, we have two, two teenage daughters that uh, we've had some struggles with over the past year, and we've done some counseling with Rodney and some other people. But uh, probably about a month ago, uh, you know, there was some rebellion and some things going on, people they were hanging out with and stuff like that. But uh, about two weeks ago... Uh, we, we came into church, and one of the rules at our house, anybody that comes to our house stays with us, you know, has to come to church. And uh, about two weeks ago, I came up there. I was sitting on the row in front of us over all the struggles, and I looked down the row, and my girls are sitting there with people that probably don't know Christ that might be friends and things like that. So even though we went through a lot, you know, having people here to hear, hear the word and, and be around the people at this church was just amazing, and it's it's really been a blessing, and it's continuing. So, uh, God's been graceful there and allowing that to happen. Yeah. Yes, Miss Melissa. Hi, uh, I'm Melissa Bryant, and this is my husband David, and God graciously and humbly brought first my husband here uh, to Stonegate uh, almost exactly a year ago, um, about a year, um, in the midst of uh, us almost going through a divorce. I had confessed to my husband that I had an affair uh, about five years ago, and uh, that confession had come out January 23rd of last year, and um, my husband, through his two children, um, found his way here during First Peter mm-hmm. sermon. Uh, it happened to be the day that you, Rodney, were speaking about uh, the husband. Yeah. And I wasn't here. Uh, like I said, I, I was uh, sleeping on the couch, <laughs> uh, almost uh, being kicked out of my house. Uh, got, uh, Satan was very active in trying to separate us. And, um, but by God's, uh, God is 
the Redeemer, Jehovah God, mm-hmm. his healer and Redeemer. And we're sitting here today by his grace. And um, uh, just we praise him. Uh, it's not perfect. We're still being healed. Uh, but we thank you because uh, obviously we're here together now at Stonegate and uh, as a couple and as a family. And um, God has not only restored us like he has Job, he restored Job, but he's given us uh, back tenfold. So I just wanted to share that. Church family, that is God's amazing grace, right? Melissa, thanks so much for sharing that. That was a real encouragement to hear that. <clears throat> Anybody else want to throw out something over the last year that you have seen that, and it doesn't have to be miraculous, you know, evidences of grace can be really everyday life too, so. Yeah, for sure. God has been really gracious in sending us new families. You got it. Yes, Miss Jill. He's coming right behind you there. I'm Jill Cowan. My husband is Dick. He's unable to be here tonight because he's out of town. Uh, We've been attending Stonegate now for... um, I guess about a year and a half now. And like Dallas, we, I had started listening to podcasts and um, started visiting. And then when Dick was in town, he came with me. And we were at a place in our um, spiritual life. We had been somewhere for uh, several decades. <laughs> and um, uh, we had... I guess in a way become comfortable and become stagnant and just no real growth in our lives, no real growth in our marriage. And uh, coming here uh, after we got over the intimidation of all the young couples, um, (laughs) (laughs) that really was kind of intimidating. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, we, um, we got involved in a home group right away and, uh, got to begin to get to know some of the people here and just the preaching and just over the course of a year, we have seen, um, a vibrancy come back into our spiritual lives. We have seen a vibrancy come back in our marriage. Uh, we're communicating more as a couple about the spiritual things and what God is doing in our lives. And not that we hadn't done that before, but it had just become stagnant Mm -hmm. and we've been challenged by a lot of the, um, well, not a lot, all, all the teaching here week after week. We're just so thankful and grateful to the Lord for how his word is being preached here and how it's, it's challenging us on a very deep and heart level in our lives. Yeah. And um, we're just very thankful. For sure. Yeah. And, and I want just two quick things on top of that there, that uh, one thing I want to say is if you're like above 40 and you go to Stonegate, I want you to know that you are gold around here. So first of all, let me just say that. <laughs> but yeah, you, you are gold, I'm telling you. 
Um, but the second thing is, uh, I, I just want you to know how I feel when I hear comments like that on preaching at Stonegate. And I know I, I would speak for every guy that stands up here to preach um, around our place. Is that um, what makes preaching powerful is not the person, it's the Spirit of God. And so at the end of the day, when we're complimenting preaching, we are complimenting the power of God working through a human being, right? And so I just want you all to know that and be aware of that. That, that is evidence of grace that somehow God takes the words of a person and pierces hearts with those words. So, okay, we'll do maybe one or two more. Yes, Miss Jess. We talked about community last Sunday, and that's been one of the biggest ways that God has shown his grace to me is just really knowing the people in our home group and really knowing what they're going through and really seeing the little victories that they get or the big victories that God gives them. And if, you, if you're not seeing God's grace, it may be a sign that you're not really knowing the people who you're living with because, I mean, just hearing the stories of the couples in our home group, the marriages that God has restored, and with Chase and Melissa, like the courage that God has given them to be obedient and um, just all the little things, like really, I know what Paul means. Like it comes to my mind when I'm worshiping the Lord, just thankful for all that he's done. So. Yeah. Worship. Yes, we'll do Chris and Beth, and we'll we'll try to wrap it up. Uh, I just, as we were talking, I just I feel the need to mention that uh, the staff you've assembled, the 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 youth, Dan and Casey and and Valentine now and Travis, um, I, I see the movement of the Holy Spirit in the youth and my children and my children's friends, so that two years ago. Uh, we may have one or two friends visit the, the, the house. Now we have swarms of, of youth <laughs> visiting our house, and, and there's a real emphasis on the youth. My 10-year-old loves coming to church. It's just a real blessing that, that it's, it's, it sounds maybe wrong as me as the pastor of my home, but the, the word is freely spoken in my home now in ways that didn't happen two years ago. That's and good. that's a lot because of what goes on here. So yeah. thank you very much. Miss mm-hmm. Beth. Mr. Cotton. Um, oh, well, I wanted to <laughs> piggyback on what Jess was saying. It's just interesting that she brought that up. Um, but before I do, I mean, just on a personal note, Brian looked over at me when you mentioned that, and he kind of lifted up Levi like, should we mention this? Um, mm. Just that a child that we never thought would happen did, um, yeah. by the grace of God. So. Um, but about a year ago, I was sitting at a table at lunch across from a girlfriend and she mentioned, um, just some strife in her home group, some conflict and, um, just really concerned about it. And, um, oddly enough, like we can rejoice in that, you know, that they know each other well enough that, um, they see things and they speak the truth in love. And so junk comes up and that, um, praise God that we can rejoice that they're growing that close. And just in our own home group, um, a couple weeks ago. Ryan asked the question, where are you? And people had legitimate answers. And so um, that's definitely evidence of grace at work in our yeah, church. So. For sure. No doubt. I, I just wrote some responses down to when I'm just thinking about this for our church. Um, I wrote a couple of paragraphs. I just want to read these to you on just ways that I have seen evidence of the grace of God in and around our church. So um, here, here's some of what I put down. I've seen God grow me personally in faith. Uproot idolatry buried deep in my heart, grow me in wisdom, and make me a better husband, father, and pastor over the last year. 
I've seen God bless our staff, growing them in an incredible love toward our church family. I've seen Dan grow in wisdom, his ability to navigate difficult situations and bless, God bless, he and Trisha with a child. I've seen God stretch Travis, grow Travis, make him into an even better pastor. And I've watched Travis humbly receive that from God. I've watched God uh, begin to solidify a location for Casey and Kinsey to plant a church in and to clarify a pathway on how to get there. I've seen God continue to grow up Kevin Jones and bless us through his God-given gifts. I've, I've continued to watch God bless Stonegate Church by bringing us Devin Valentine um, as a church planning resident. And, and I just want to stop and say this. Our staff is a great grace from God to our church. We've got wonderful, a wonderful team that um, God has assembled to help equip and to make good disciples here. And even more, God has begun to shape a group of men to serve our church as elders. In 2012, God grew our church family by blessing us with new families. God deepened our church families. We dealt with suffering and God's providence over it. God uprooted idolatry in our church family, especially as we dealt with money and our tendency to make it a godlike thing. God produced new life within our church family as men and women were saved from hell and saved to life in him. Over the last year, God's dealt with numerous men, calling them to be Jesus-like pastors in their family and in their home. God's dealt with numerous ladies, calling them to be great pictures of how the church responds to the leadership of Jesus through their marriage to very imperfect husbands. God has gifted us with a student ministry that's bearing fruit and making great disciples, a children's and preschool ministry that's made up of Jesus-displaying volunteers who love the Stonegate kids and who desperately want to see Jesus win in their life. In 2012, by the grace of God, we planted seven new home groups, helped fund four church plants, an adoption, numerous kids at the Matamoros Children's Homes, and are on our way, or just a few months away from having a team assembled and ready to serve those at Stonegate wanting to walk the road toward adoption. In 2012, God gifted us a piece of property. He gifted us with Jesus-like servants that set up and tear down, greet families on Sunday morning, and who serve in various ministries throughout our church. In summary, Stonegate Church has been the undeserved recipient of God's amazing grace. Amen? That we have been the recipients of great grace from God. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to, uh, kind of in three parts tonight, um, just in in that in the background, I want to take a quick look back at 2012 and just make a couple of comments on it and give you a couple of updates. Um, Make a couple of comments about 2013 as we look forward. And then I want to try to answer, kind of part three of this, is trying to answer two of the most commonly asked questions I'm getting right now at Stonegate. So I want to take some time to answer those. So, Quickly, I want to look back and uh, do, do the forward-looking thing. And so, uh, first of all, uh, Stonegate in 2009. And first, let me just put it in the grid of our values, gospel, community, and mission, which I think should be the next slide coming up here in just a second, maybe. We good there? Yep. Oh, ne- next one. It's going to be there here in just a second. Gospel, community, and mission. Okay, so I just want to put it in that grid for us to make sure that we're seeing um, values-wise, what we're wanting to become as a church, asking hard questions, are we becoming that? So when we think of gospel centrality and that value of us being a gospel people, a people who are seeing the implications of the gospel in our everyday life, I have been so encouraged by the growth in that in our church. Um, across our home groups, across just normal people that come to Stonegate, the connection of how the gospel impacts daily living in their life has been incredible to see. On a communal level, I feel like God has given us great traction. You remember the whole Cruddy Valley, that whole imagery? It has been amazing to watch almost every one of our home groups experience Cruddy Valley. Now that like stinks in so many different ways, you know? 
But that is evidence of the communal component of our church growing and deepening. And it has been such an encouragement for me to watch that. Um, I think Beth mentioned this a second ago, just um, sitting across the table from people and listening to them to lament about the difficult situations they're in with the home group person. And how there's a part of us that would say, oh no, we're so sorry. And a part of us that says, we are so glad. You know, that that is evidence that the grace of God is growing around our place, that people are actually starting to walk in authenticity and being known by other people. And thirdly, mission. Um, and, and this is the one, and I just want you to continue praying for us on this level. I still have like a deep ache in my heart for where our church is as far as living on the mission of God, of us actually living as the sent people of God, like the posture of our lives being we wake up in the morning thinking God has commissioned me and sent me as a missionary today. So I need to have eyes open. I need to be ready for that. I need to get to know my neighbors. I need to be inviting people who don't know Jesus into my life. I need to be initiating gospel conversations. Like me personally, that God needs to be using my life and lips for the salvation of other people. And so, you know, I just want you to think about that in your life. And, and I, I, I would really love for the spirit of God just in this moment, as we think about mission and living as missionaries and the posture of our place being a go and tell people, for, for you just to ask yourself some serious questions. Is that the posture of my life? Am I a go and tell person? Do I wake up with this awareness of I am a sent person? Like I am a part of the mission of God advancing today in my life. Am I inviting people into my life? And if that's not you, I, I just want to quickly, before we move on, invite you to repent of that. And I mean, if I'm praying for one area this next year for God to give on a personal level, the people of Stonegate, great movement. It is on that level that, that we would live as the sent people of God and that you would ask really hard questions about your life as home groups, that we would ask really hard questions about that to one another and that we would be on the mission of God together. So I wanna encourage you on that before we go, that I think this is like one of the weakest parts of our church right now that I am praying desperately that God would give us good traction and good movement on. Okay, now um, after that, now I, wanna, I wanna comment on that first because that's what we're about as a church. When we're thinking fruitfulness and disciple making and all those things that we're about, um, that, that is the heart of what we're about. Now I wanna make sure that's clarified before. I just wanna give you a quick update on where we are financially and attendance just so you'll know that in the background of what's kind of working there and how that's operating. So in 2012, we had a budget of $602,000. We had expenses, and this should all be on the screen for you. Expenses of uh, $580,000 this last year. And uh, we had receipts in 2012 of one, almost $1.1 million. And so you can kind of see just where our budget expenses and receipts were. So which allowed us to save right at a half million dollars this year. And we'll talk a little bit more about how we're thinking about future stuff with that. Um, but God has been really gracious to allow us to do that. And, uh, and also at the end of 2012, we have a church planting designated account where we've had a group of people all giving toward that for the last few years. We have right at $570,000 in that account for church planting at the end of 2012. And then uh, just to give you kind of a snapshot of where we are attendance-wise, and, and uh, Mike mentioned this earlier, that God has been very gracious to continue sending us new families, that we want to we make sure that we're being very good stewards of what God is doing in light of that. And uh, just to give you a, maybe a frame of reference for where that's been over the last year is our average attendance in January of 2012 was 512 people. Our average attendance January of 2013 was 640 people. So I'll just kind of give you a marker for that. It's about 25% growth over the last year that God has been really, really gracious 
um, over the last year of the new families that he has sent us. And, you know, when you think about that for a church, I've always been told that you have to grow by like 10% just to maintain even as a church. That would just be normal attrition and just people moving off, people doing whatever. And we've had our fair share of that over the last year of just the attrition of a church. And so, uh, you know, when you think new families, it has been a ton of new families to make up that 25% growth. So God has been really, really good to us and the new families that he's sent us. And, uh, you know, maybe just one more thing before we keep moving just on the attendance side of things is I want you to know that size is never the goal. At the end of the day, you can be a large church and not a God glorifying church, and you can be a small church and a non God glorifying church. And at the end of the day, um, we want to be people who are displaying Jesus. And that's what makes a church about the glory of God. And that's what displays God to the world. And so at the end of the day, when we're thinking about the health and the, uh, the, the success and, and the scorecard, we want to make sure that's right. That um, it is not in how many rear ends are here on a Sunday morning. It is about our conformity to Jesus as a church. And uh, we have seen God be very faithful to produce good fruit among us. And for that, we ought to be very thankful over the last year. Okay, now um, I want to also just do a quick look at 2013 just to give you a quick uh, view of budget-wise where we are and kind of where we've landed on the next year. So the next year, 2013... Um, we're going to have a budget of right at $675,000. So it's gone up about $75,000 spread off across various things at our church from some personnel to various ministries that we have been. And, and if you've been around here, you've heard us talk about this a lot, that we have made an intentional effort to be as frugal as we possibly can, knowing that we've got some really big things out in front of us that we're having to plan for. And so, uh, so that budget, again, is we're trying to be as frugal as possible in how we're set up and how we're operating as a church. And in 2013, um, we would expect receipts of somewhere by the grace of God and God willing in the 1.1 to maybe $1.2 million range for the next year. And so now I just want to throw this one caveat in before we keep, uh, kind of keep running here that uh, I think what happens to a lot of people that go to church is we don't plan our giving in a general year. And so we look up like three months down the road or six months down the road and think, oh my gosh, I haven't been thinking about that. I've missed this. I've missed that. And that never goes well for anyone, right? That, that never goes well for us when we, when we don't pre-plan how we're thinking about the next year. And so I just want to encourage you. This is a wonderful time to get in front of your family. And if you're parents and you've got kids in the room or kids, you know, in your house, this is a great time to bring them in on that. To, to show your family what it looks like to prayerfully consider what it is that God would want you to give over a course of a year. Um, to ask hard questions about what does generosity and sacrificial giving look like for your family. And to bring your kids in on that. If you don't model that for your kids, they're not going to miraculously know what sacrificial giving is or what generous giving is. So it's wonderful conversations that you can have with your family on what that looks like. And for you to be able to plan with your family, this is what we're thinking over the next year. This is what we would love to do that we would consider from God for our family this year that would model generosity and sacrificial giving. So I just want to encourage you toward that. If you'll pre-plan that, it goes better for teaching in your family and it goes better for your family and knowing exactly where you are in all that. So at the first of the year, this would be a wonderful time for you to think about what what is or what would God have for our family in 2013 as it relates to giving okay so I just want to throw that little caveat in there okay now we're going to turn this and we've got about 30 minutes to address the uh, the two biggest uh, questions that I get asked about our church and so uh, and these are going to take just a little bit of time and we're going to invite some questions on the back end of this and we're going to have to be as efficient as possible to get through both of them so here we go question number one 
is when are we building something? When, when are we building something? It's probably the, the most often question I'm getting asked just from people around our place right now. So I want to give you, really invite you in on where we are in that, for you to see kind of how the thinking is going on that, for you to just be completely in the know, for us to give you all the pieces of information we know at this point, so you can be praying with us um, in light of all that. So here's a couple of things. I want to answer this really in four different parts. So here's the first part of this, is just making sure that that we're calibrated around our current contract with the conference center. That uh, the conference center, uh, we have agreed to another four years. So at the end of, or well, last August, so August of 2011, we had a five-year agreement struck with the conference center, which is a complete act of God's grace that that happened. So we had that five-year plan. So we're, we're one year into that five-year plan, and so we've got four more left. And, uh, and, and I just want to make sure that there's a working awareness of how God has been so gracious to give us a facility like this to meet in and to gather in on Sunday morning. This does not happen for 99 out of 100 church planters. Does not happen like this. So their facility is, I mean, it, it is not even in the same stratosphere of good. So it, it has been good. God has been very gracious to us in giving us this building. And just to make sure we know this, it will never be as cheap as it is right now for us together. Never will it be this cheap. So this is God's grace. The conference center, center in this regard is absolutely out of this park, wonderful in light of all that. So uh, we pay roughly four to 5,000 a month for a place to meet. And uh, if you're just thinking church planting world, 650 people meeting on a weekend, that is unheard of. So God has been really gracious to us in that. Now, the question becomes, how, how does another four years work in the conference center? And in light of that, we're going to have to be very good stewards of what God has given us here. And we're going to have to figure out how to maximize this to do as much as we can in the space that God has given us to work within here. And so I, I want to just address one quick thing on this that we are right on the, the line of and about to probably have to do is that that wall right back there is about to have to go away. And so if you were here in the second service, yeah, James Shaw is like the happiest guy on the planet because he is one of the guys that deals with that fence week in and week out. And so if you were here in the second service last week, you know that was a problem, right? And so that, that was an issue, what, what happened there. So um, we're at, the, at 650, we're at the number that we can do it just like we are right now. And we could even do it for a while longer, probably another 50 to maybe 75 more people, maybe 100 people. But we would have to have our services perfectly balanced. And for the last month, they have been really balanced. They have been really great. So we had the last two Sundays, we've had right at the same number, a little over 650. And uh, two Sundays ago, it was perfect. Not a problem one, because we had balanced services. But last Sunday, we had very imbalanced services. If you're here in the first hour, you're probably looking around thinking, hey, well, it's good to see you over there, right? And, uh, but if you came to the second service, you were smashed in here like nobody's business. And so we're just to that point where on any given Sunday, if we're really imbalanced, we're going to have a really big problem. And if you put another 50 or 60 people into that mix, then we would be at the point of like in a second service situation this last week of us legitimately having to turn people away because we can't do more in a service, which is not a good, by the, that, just clarify, that's not a good option for anyone, right? And so, uh, so we, we've got a workable solution for that that I think will, will allow us to grow and probably at least double in size, maybe even a tad bit more than that. Um, and that comes with knocking that wall out, 
um, and probably keeping it kind of somewhat intact as we kind of expand into that room. Like there's a real balancing act and not wanting to turn away people, but not wanting to have a crew in here swallowed up by a very large room. And so we want to keep it feeling good. We think we've got a, a way to do that, that we're kind of putting the finishing touches on. And so we're looking at March 1 being a kind of a go date for, uh, for creating a little more space by, uh, by moving pre- preschool and children around just a little bit to increase space in here. And I think we can all win, all the different ministries win in the midst of that. And so that's coming March 1. It's kind of the target date for that to happen. So we've got a few more things to kind of get into the Details to line out with that, but it looks like March 1. So we've basically got for the next month, we've got Discover Stone Gates for three weeks, which will help in the second service because uh, it will knock about 40 to 50 people out of that. And then on the other side, uh, we've got the last Sunday in February, we're going to have a night service, not a morning service. The conference center has something going on. And then March 1, we'll be back in here with everything going again and uh, ready to go. And so March 1 is kind of the go date for wall. Now, one thing in light of that that I just want to encourage you on is parking. So just for for the crew in here and the people that are going to listen to this um, on the podcast, that if you're a Stonegate person, like this is your church and you've been coming here for a while, we really need you to park in the the furthest out spots as possible. So that would really equate into um, Navarro over there in that parking lot, the big one in front of their place, or the senior center over there and to make the walk over. Now, if you are a mom and you're toting like 19 kids with you when you come, you park anywhere you want to park. But if you're a guy who you're just bringing yourself, then you've got Navarro or you've got the senior center, right? And so if you're an able-bodied man or woman and uh, you're coming in, you know, in that light, then, then we're going to need help in the parking lot. If you saw that last week, it was a little bit of a zoo. And so we're going to have to have help in, in dispersing that. Okay, so that's number one is just to, to make sure we, we see that four-year kind of a track that we're going on. So we've got four more years in the conference center. So we're having to build around and plan around what it looks like to stay in here for four more years. Second question. Over the next uh, four years, uh, we've got to figure out what it looks like to be positioned to build somewhere probably in the neighborhood of a forty to 50,000 square foot building, um, which is about equivalent to what this is. Uh, but the space would work a lot better for us. And so roughly a forty to 50,000 square foot building, and uh, that's probably going to be in some sort of a ballpark neighborhood of six to eight million dollars. And now I, I want to I say a couple of things as a caveat and preference before I say anything else. That if in like a year and a half, you hold me to hard numbers in the midst of this, that's going to be on you, not on me. Because I'm telling you, these are rough numbers. That, that there's a lot of unknowns that we're still dealing with that we don't know. And so what I'm trying to do is serve our church family in giving us where we are and how we're thinking about this right now and invite you into that. But I want you to know that if, if you like came back and said, well, you said, you know, it's going to be a hundred dollars a square foot and it's a hundred and two. And you're mad about that. I want you to know we're dealing with rough numbers. All right. So, so I'm not dealing in specifics here. Very rough numbers as we're talking about this. So 40 to 50,000 square feet, and uh, that's roughly a six to $8 million uh, project based on $150 a square foot. And we think that's fairly accurate and what that would cost us. Okay, so a couple of different things to go along with that, um, just as maybe some sub points in this. Y- you can see just throwing those numbers out why the conference center is golden, right? So any problem we have in the conference center, just think six to $8 million is the other solution to that problem, Right? So I'll take a heck of a lot of problems in light of that. And so, uh, so if the sound system ever just crashes here, no, it's better than six to $8 million. 
If we ever have a small snafu in any ministry, just know it could be better than six to $8 million. And so there are no inexpensive options when it comes to the move out of this place. And so four years is really important for us to be able to save and to plan and get ready for that. And, and really, I, I want to walk you into to one just philosophy issue that we're trying to get settled on. And we don't know the exact answer to this, but, but we're praying over it and asking God to clarify. When it comes to buildings, I think there's, there's two like extremes that you've got to, to figure out and work through. When people think about how to respond to growth and God blessing us with more families, one way of thinking goes like this. Well, we just need a bigger building. That's our answer to it. The other extreme would say, we're just going to do multiple services. So if you can picture like us moving out and into a building, and let's just say we're dealing with a thousand people. Extreme on the one side would say, well, we need a thousand seat sanctuary then. Let's build a sanctuary that will do all of our people at one time and go the bigger building route. And then the other side might say this, well, let's build a hundred seat sanctuary and let's just do 10 services. We'll just do, we'll go that route. And, uh, and here's what we're saying. We're not either one of those. That we want to be good stewards, which means we're going to have to figure out how to use our building repeatedly and to be able to do multiple services so we don't have to build something gigantic along the way. But at the other side, we're trying to figure out what, what is reasonable to expect and to ask from staff to preaching on, a, on the weekend. Like, does that mean three services? Does that mean 19 services? What are we comfortable with? Um, when we have our staff that mainly has young kids, what are we comfortable with? If we're looking at a five or six year plan when our kids are a little bit older, what are we comfortable with? So we're just trying to navigate that and ask God to really give us clarity on what is the way of wisdom between maximizing building use and doing multiple services and that playing out. And, uh, and then on the size, we, we want it to be as functional and uh, as we want it to be as small as we can get it to facilitate what we feel like God's going to do around here. And uh, that's going to take a lot of wisdom and a lot of prayer and a lot of the leading of the spirit to figure that out. So we really want to invite you in on that as we just work through that and pray over that for God to really clarify what, what that looks like for us. And uh, one more thing, and I kind of mentioned this a second ago, that, that the figures we're looking at there are at about $150 a foot. And we've, from, from what we have been around with people who have been building lately, we feel like that is a doable, that's a doable number. And so, uh, number three, that's number two, number three. Uh, let me just give you a quick four-year plan, a lot of having four years in the conference center from, from now until then, generally speaking, and how we feel like that could play out um, to make that a feasible option financially for us. So uh, right now, at the end of 2012, and this should be up on the screen for you, we have a million dollars in the bank. This is like part of what we just saw a minute ago. We, last year, we saved roughly a half million dollars from our operating budget of just trying to stay as frugal as possible, knowing that we've got this move coming. And so, uh, um, so we've got a million dollars at the end of 2012. And then over the next four years, we think each of those years will be able to do about the same as far as our saving, to save roughly in the neighborhood of about a half million dollars. So that would be another $2 million. And then um, probably starting at January of 2014, somewhere in that 2014, the early part of that year, next year, we'll start a two-year uh, campaign to, to where we're all asking ourselves, what does it look like to be very generous for a two-year season? And, uh, and we think that will be about $2 million. By the grace of God, that, that we'll be right in that range. So you total all that up, and that gets us at right about $5 million. And, uh, and we've said this from day one, that we are a low-debt, no-debt people. That we want to do this with as much cash as possible. Because here's what I refuse to do. I refuse to let debt be an anchor around us, me. I just refuse to do that. 
And so we want to be as low debt, as no debt as possible. So I'm praying that God would give us everything we need to make that move. And, uh, and we feel like we're, we're right along that track and that trajectory that uh, we, we're going to be real close to that. And if we have to finance, it would be a very small portion that it would be definitely doable for our church and not an anchor and an albatross around us. And so that's roughly the four-year plan on how we feel like financially we can get there. And just one more thing as far as just so you'll know kind of just the timeline, how we're thinking about this and backtracking out of this should be the next screen for us. That uh, generally speaking, 2013, we're going to have another year of saving, praying, asking God to show us. Um, what he would have as far as philosophy, how we're doing services, how we're going to try to do all of that. And I think 2013 will also be a really interesting year just to see how hard God blows into our place with new families and growth and how that all operates and goes. And then at the, uh, somewhere in the first quarter of 2014, starting a two-year campaign, kind of starting to solidify building plans, getting all that stuff lined out. And then in 2016 uh, would be the build and move. So if you had to pin us down right now, that's what generally speaking we're looking at over the next four years. Now there are, I'm going to say this again, there are a million variables in the midst of that. So I want to preface this, that, that there are things like, what if the conference center would give us one more year? What if, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of what ifs in the middle of that. What if we look up and, and we have grown much faster than we expect? I mean, there's just a lot of what ifs that, um, that could come up at any time that would alter some of that. But I want you to get a feel for what it is that we're thinking right now. Okay, and then last thing, I uh, w- want to throw out an, a, uh, an opportunity that we feel like has come up, that we feel like God is, is leading us as a church family down toward. And uh, David Hansen is going to kind of introduce this idea. Uh, this kind of came out of our business board over the last month. So uh, Valentine's got a mic right there behind you. So you can either come up here, stay down there, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So Dave's going to introduce kind of this, yeah, what we feel like God is, is leading us toward. So, yeah. Well, let me step back a little bit. Rodney started the meeting tonight saying, where is evidence of God's hand on our church? Uh, what does his grace look like? And I want to just take a couple minutes, kind of recap what has happened in the last couple of years. As Rodney said, we're standing in a building that is unbelievable. This is a church, uh, and you cannot have a better setup. So walking back two years ago, we had a six-month deal for the conference center. The city didn't particularly love us. Uh, look very likely they would say at the end of that six months we're not going to renew or maybe we'll do six more months. So we had a meeting. We said we need to see if we can put that before God and ask him to change that. We went back to the city and said we would like a five-year deal. And their words were very explicit. In the entire history of Midlothian, (laughs) we have never done more than a one-year deal. And we are not going to do more than a one-year deal with you. So we had this conversation at least two, three more times. So finally we said, could we sit down with the 4B board, which is the group that runs the the conference center? So we went into the meeting, and this is how it started. A lady in the meeting says, hey, uh, we just want to tell you if this doesn't go your way, we still like you, but don't take it personal. (laughs) So Rodney and I and everybody looked at each other. That's probably not a good start. But anyway, what was so amazing, we started in that meeting, just had a conversation, and right in the midst of that meeting, I will tell you standing here, God showed up in the middle of that meeting. And I'll get choked up about it, thinking about it. But in the middle of that meeting, we're talking, and then all of a sudden, they all look at each other and say, do you have a problem with this? Do you have a problem? No. We get up from the meeting, and they say, we'll do a five-year deal with you all. So that is an amazing thing. And, and like Rodney said, the ability to be in this class of a facility at the rate that we are paying 
has allowed us to put this money away, which allows us to go forward and build a church. Now, the second part of that, which is, again, amazing, we started looking for a piece of land. Everything we looked at was ridiculously priced, uh, on and on and on. One day we go by the property that we have. Now there's a sign on the corner. And uh, we called the guy, which was a broker, and he met us. And I said, let's just draw up a contract and see where it goes. So we submit a contract. The owner calls us said, hey, 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 that property is not for sale. He said, that was a buddy of mine. I told him he could put a sign up there just to advertise in the area. But I, that is my future retirement, and I want you all to know that. But I'll come out to the property and talk to you all in a minute. So a uh, guy that owns this, Justin, he owns the landscape business here in, in town. He came out, Rodney and I were there. He said, you know, I'm really sorry this happened. Uh, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, but I'm, I'm not willing to sell that property. That, again, is my retirement. So we just said to him, hey, why don't you go home and pray about it? Just see what God lays on you. You know, who knows? Uh, he may have something. So uh, next day, he calls. He says, man, I'd like to sit down with you in so Roddy and I are talking. I said, man, I don't know where this is going. Do we have a number we'd be interested in? And we came up with a number. The number was 800000 That was verbalized. That was the number. So we sit down with Justin, and uh, he says this. He said, you know, I feel like maybe I am willing to sell that property. And he said, but here's how that goes down. He said, that property is worth at least $3 a foot. That's a million and a half dollars. So I'm sitting there thinking. I'm just praying while we're talking, and... And we're looking at him, and I said, so what do you feel like the right number is? He said, man, he just looked and looked, and he said, I don't know, 800000 <laughs> So, again, I saw it in his eyes. I saw God step into this man, into his spirit. And Justin is a good man, by the way. Uh, I saw the spirit of God step into this man and provide that. So we were in a spot, having been in here, been able to save money to pay cash for this property. We now have an incredible property sitting in the middle of every single thing that's happening in Middle Oakland, across from a junior high, close to a high school, by all the sports facilities. It could not be a better piece of land at the end of the day. Okay, so this is what we've seen going forward. Now, here's the business board conversation in the last two months. Unquestionably, we've seen the Spirit of God going before this church. There's not one doubt about it. Uh, He's provided at every step we are in a world-class facility. He's allowed us to grow. He's bringing people. We're getting teaching that's unbelievable. The Spirit is here. So what does that look like to us as people of faith? And here's what it looks like, and this is the conversation. We don't own anything. It's God's. Uh, and we cannot afford to wrap our hands around whatever God's given us. And our feeling is whatever he's given us, it's his. If he wants to do something else with it, then we should be a people that agrees with that. So we have talked and we said, what if we put the piece of land back up for sale at $6 a foot, which is roughly $3.2 million? If God showed up and brought a contract on that, that would be a God thing because that would be about double what market is out there. And if he did that, what that would allow us to do, there's 15 acres by Walgreens right now that we could buy for a million and a half dollars and have a million and a half left over that could either go on that church, could go into church planning, something along those lines. So at the end of the day, that is our conversation, and this is where I think Rodney wants to take this in a minute, just questions. We just feel like, how do we as a people that have seen God move so clearly, how do we wrap our hands around anything, even though we believe that's a phenomenal piece of property, and in the midst of what Rodney said, we don't even know what's going to happen in the next three or four years. How big does the church grow? What does this look like? So 
All these questions floating, we just feel like we should be people of faith that trust God in all that we do and put whatever he's given us back into his hands to do what he wants to do with. Uh, so that, this is the conversation, uh, and I know that seems a little shocking on the surface. We just bought that land, but we just feel like, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, he provided this so rapidly all the way along. Who are we to, to uh, try to step in between what God may want to do? And he may not do anything, in which case, guess what? We've got a great property, and we build on it. So there is no downside to this on any front, that, at least on the surface. So. Yeah. And, and, okay, let me just give three points of clarification here. One is we were really concerned about what Justin would think about that, yeah. uh, who was definitely involved in— I mean, he made a kingdom decision at the end of the day, that I, wanna, I, want, to, I want to invest— my stuff into the kingdom. That was a huge part of his thinking. And he is, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and tell him yeah, the conversation that's on that. Yeah, a great point. Uh, again, Justin just had a tremendous heart wanting to do something uh, that would serve God and would benefit the kingdom. And I talked to Justin today and I said, you know, we are considering this. And we feel like you planted a seed in Stonegate and even more than Stonegate in God's mm-hmm. kingdom. And this is an opportunity for that seed to multiply for you too. But we want to have that conversation. How do you feel about this? Is this something that you agree with? And as we talked, he said, initially, my spirit went up a little bit. because he was like, hey, that could be my money. But he said, you know what? I'm, I'm good with that. He said, I, I think that is a good thing. And I said, would you be comfortable with me uh, approaching the body tonight with that? And he said, go ahead. So Justin's on board. He thinks this is a good thing. He's believing in God's work, period. Uh, Stonegate is just one tool that that uh, is being used for that. So, yep, it's been awesome. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to put two points of clarification on this, and then we'll open that up for questions and, and let you talk about that a little bit. But here's the first thing: we're not making any decisions to sell anything tonight. What all we're doing is saying we feel like it would be a really good thing for us to to be open handed and to say, God, whatever you want to do. If you want us to get around the table and have to make a decision, great. If not, it's okay too. So I think what, we're, what, what the heart of this is is saying we want to, as a church, model what it looks like to live with an open hand. So that's, that's the conversation. And, you know, and I think this is—well, let, let me just say this from a pastor's perspective. I don't care about land. I don't care about a building. I don't care about any of those things. What I care about at the end of the day is that we're a people who are exercising faith— and, and trying to learn what it looks like to live by faith. And so, you know, and, you know, think about your own life, about how prone we are to close our hand around any gift that God's given us. So we could be talking homes, we could be talking cars, we could be talking kids, that we're all really prone when God gives us something to say, that's mine and there is nothing going to let, you know, I'm never going to let that go. And, and what, I think this is a really important, actually, moment for our church to just look at this and say, you know what? this is probably what it looks like to live by faith. If, if God wants to, and I'm not saying you have to put like your kid up on the market tomorrow, but, but I am saying that your kid's supposed to look like that in your hand. Supposed to look like that. Just like I would think for our church that, that it's supposed to look like that. And, uh, you know, when you think about the different ways to approach life, one way is by saying this. Um, you know, God, are we like asking like, or, or, you know, I'm just so scared. Is, is, man, if we give up 10 acres, what's going to happen? And, oh, oh my, you know, that whole just approach to life. And the other way, and this is where I want our church to live, is by saying, God, is, is, is there a chance that we're maybe seeing smaller than you are for our place? Is there a chance that we're not seeing as big as you are? And I, you say, what well, do you think we are? And my question is, I don't know. 
But I, I want to keep all that open-handed. So if God decides that he wants to show us that we are, that, that we're in good shape with that. And, and so I want us to be a church family that lives on that side of the coin. On God, we, do not, we desperately don't want to just see so small that we miss what you might have for us. Now, I'll say this too, as just a parting shot on this. If you're to press me and say, do you think we're, at the end of the day, going to be on that location and building there? I would say, yeah, I think so. But, I mean, the other side of me, I don't know that for sure. But I think so. I love the location. I think it's a wonderful location. I could see us being there and that going wonderful. Um, but at the end of the day, if God decided that he wanted to give us a couple million more dollars and uh, like 15 acres, y'all know we're like right across from the Walgreens, across from Brookshire's, like right over there on Business 287. Like if he wanted to give us that 15 acres and be able to pocket a couple of million dollars at the end of that to help expedite everything else from church planting to getting into a facility, all that, then I think that's a win. And, and, and here's the other side of this. God may have something totally different that we're not even, it's not even on the radar right now. And, and what, what I want us to be is a people who would say, maybe, and all we know to do is keep it in an open hand and let God do what God does. And, you know, and so... Yeah, that's where we are. So let's just stop there. And if you've got questions or thoughts on that, feel free to throw out any questions that you might have. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think there is a lot of throwing the fleece out in that, that it would require God bringing a, uh, a guy that wants to pay six bucks a foot and there's not very many of those guys out there. So there's no doubt. But, you know, I, and we kind of had this conversation the other day of just thinking on, you know, if it's six bucks a foot or if it's four bucks a foot, whatever it is, at the end of the day, it would put us around the table and saying, church family, we need to be praying about this. Because um, we, we want to keep it in an open hand regardless of the way it looks, you know. And so, uh, but yes, I think there is a lot of that, that it is throwing a fleece out saying, God, you'd have to come through in a really miraculous, crazy way for that to go down. Yes, sir. Other investment opportunities, like land-wise? Not, not, no. No, this would be the thing that at the end of the day could turn the... I mean, this would be a way where if, if God does happen to do that, it's a couple million dollars, like, overnight that we would have that we didn't have right now, you know, so... Others? Yes, Chad Brooks in the back. Yeah. Yep. So Dave had the conversation, so Dave can That speak. conversation occurred today. Uh, I was actually going to do it a couple of days ago, but he was sick. So he, here's how the conversation went down. I called Justin, and I said, Justin, very similar to what we said tonight, we are talking as a business board. We want to be a people that multiplies what God's put in our hands, and we feel like if we move in faith as men and women of God, he will do great things here. We don't know what that looks like. And we feel like initially you made a great sacrifice giving us that land for what you 
what you did. We think that was an outstanding thing. We feel like you planted into God's kingdom. And I said, the conversation that we want to have with you is, are you comfortable with this going forward? Because at the end of the day, for us, we feel like what you did was outstanding. We also feel like on your behalf, this seed that you planted will multiply again uh, to your great benefit. And I, I really, truly believe God will benefit you over the years for having done that. But we don't want to move forward until you feel like you're comfortable with this process and how that looks. And I know that probably stirs up a little bit of initially, you know, I just handed you all that money. Uh, and we feel like it's not Stonegate money, it's, it's God's money. And I will say this, over the last six months, I have probably spent 15 hours just talking gospel with Justin, just what does God look like in our lives as men, and he runs a great business. And I think that is a man that wants to build in God's kingdom going forward. So uh, it's a lot about just a great heart on Justin's part. I believe it's a lot of the spirit to, uh, speaking to Justin. And at the end of the day, the last thing I said is we will not broach this if you're not comfortable with this going forward. Uh, and he said, I- I'm good with that. So, uh, And we're actually meeting again in the morning just to talk about several things. But he said, no, I'm completely good with that. And uh, I think it would be a great thing, and I'm glad to be part of it. So that's, that's how the conversation happened. Any other questions on that? Yes, Mr. Dallas. Yeah. No doubt. For sure. For sure. Yes, Mr. David. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And if you go back to the family meeting, it was, I think, February of 2011. We tried to walk through a view of debt biblically and where that kind of lands in our church. And so if you want to refer to that, it would kind of give you a little more robust dialogue on debt and how that plays out for us. So, yes, to that point, we do not want to be in a situation where we've got an anchor around our leg and we're trying to swim. So... Okay, any other questions on that?
great area and it's conceivable you know something floating around out there that would do that yeah uh, there's land all over midlothian that's in the two to 250 that area is three 354 if it's a smaller piece of land so for 12 acres three dollars probably really isn't that much for six dollars would be definitely an act of god to sell that land And, you know, I just want to reiterate this at the end of the day, that we want to be a people who our lives look like that at the end of the day, that we want to be people who are completely open-handed saying, God, we are so appreciative of this gift that you've given us. We want to be great stewards of that. And we want this to be in a 100% open hand because we don't know what you want us to do. Um, it, it was a great act of faith for us to get to that point. And we don't know if, if the next act of faith is us selling that, if us is doing something else, we, we don't know. But, but we're going to trust you to, to walk it every step of the way and show us. And so, uh, so I hope at the end of the day, more than we're even talking about church stuff, that we're talking about life stuff and how we're approaching life and thinking about life on a, on a personal level, you know? So, okay, any other questions there? Questions from the night. I would have, I had like question number two that we are not going to get to because it is 817. So we're going to have to save that for the next one where we get to talk about church planting and, uh, why church planting is such a big deal around Stonegate. So I'll just give you a primer for that one. The next go around, we're going to talk a lot about church planting. And so, um, but any other questions from 2012, 2013 that, that you would like any clarity on or? Yes, Miss Denise. Yes. Yep. So we would be keeping two services. Everything would stay normal. And we'd keep two services. And so uh, what that would probably look like, and this is our last and kind of leading thought, is we'd probably leave some of the, the back panels on and uh, use some pipe and drape to kind of section off maybe another 100 to 150 chairs on the backside. But we'd have it kind of open there with uh, kind of the room going that way. And so we want to be able to grow appropriately into that room because that room is like probably twice as the size of this one because you've got this stage built in here. And so, um, so yeah. So we'd keep two services and hopefully grow into that appropriately. So if we did the one service thing, we would be right at the max of what it would do in one. So we would be to that point if we tried to do the one thing. But at the end of the day, and this is really, it comes back to some of that philosophy of ministry, that we want to be a place that maximizes building usage, all that for the long term. So I don't, I don't foresee a moment where we'd ever get less than two services again in our church's life. So, yeah. We're into the multiple service thing to be, try to be the best stewards we can be. It's now a, a trying to walk a wisdom of how many services is appropriate so no one dies on our staff around here, you know? So, yeah. What's that? That is one person that would definitely die with 19 services, no doubt. So, you know, and there's a couple of things that are a little bit nuanced about our place, especially when you're considering multiple services, that uh, we preach a little bit longer than the normal church. I don't know if y'all know that, but, uh, <laughs> um, and so it's one thing if you preach 30 minutes and you're doing three or four services, it's another thing when you preach 45 minutes to an hour and you're doing four, I mean, that's a different ball game. And so just trying to be as wise as we can on what, what is sustainable and uh, what, what can we do for the next 30 or 35 years, not what can we do for a year and then die. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 
I'm with you. Me too. You know, and I love, and I, this is what I'm so appreciative, and I'm just going to give some kudos to our guys that have kind of served us on the business board, where they just help us kind of make decisions like this and give good recommendations so that our, we still have an external elder board can make a final call on things like that. And I love having people who want to push the envelope one more step or two more steps to just give good creative ideas. At the end of the day, I think every church should have everything in an open hand, right? That we always want to be in an open hand. And so... Uh, I love the fact that we have staff and, and guys around our place that think in terms of we do not want to short sell what God may want to do. We, we want to see all of that, whatever that looks like. We want to see it all and live it all and be a part of it all. And uh, man, I, I think God has in store for us a wonderful ride when it comes to all that. And man, I'm just praying that we'll, we'll keep a really humble posture before God and praying that God would just do some miraculous things around the people around here. So I just love where God has us and the posture of the hearts around here. I absolutely love it. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.